The first psalm, by the way, and the second psalm are a pair. They go together. Look at the first psalm. Blessed is the man, the man Christ Jesus. Psalm 1 is all about him. Primarily, it's about the Savior. And guess what? Psalm 2 is about him as well. So we're going to read this glorious psalm, the second psalm. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So there's the Savior in the second verse, his anointed, the Christ, the Messiah. All the evil that's happening in our world today is aimed at Christ. He is the object of the world's hatred. Verse 3. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Let's just bow for a word of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for the public reading of your word today. We pray that you bless it to all of our hearts. We know that the entrance of thy words giveth light. Lord, we ask that you would take your word today and use it to minister to each of our hearts. Lord, that those who are out of Christ, that your word today would be a, a sharp sword that would pierce the heart, just as the unconverted were pierced on the day of Pentecost and cried out, Men and brethren, what shall we do? We thank you for the glorious answer of Peter. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And ye shall receive the remission of sins. Lord, we pray for those who are yours today, that the word that has been read might be an encouragement and a blessing. And even, Lord, later as we study your word, as we meditate upon it, we ask, Lord, that it might come with power to each individual soul. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. June the 24th was a tremendous day for America. A great day for the United States. Because on June the 24th, 
the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, the landmark 1973 decision that affirmed the constitutional right to abortion. Whenever I heard the news, I couldn't believe it, especially under the administration of Joe Biden, one of the worst presidents, if not the worst president that that America has ever had. But for under his watch, for such a remarkable event to take place that abortion was ruled illegal across the 50 states of the United States of America. What a glorious day for the unborn, the little image bearers, the imago day in the womb in America. But then let me say that July the 7th was a great day for our province. You see, on July the 7th, which of course was Thursday past, the Secretary of State, Brandon Lewis, resigned from his position. You know the man who's been a tyrant the last couple of years and who's been baying for the blood of the unborn? And in case you didn't get it when I said it before, more innocent little children in the womb have died during these past two and a half years than throughout all the years of the Troubles, the, the, the victims of the terrorists during the Troubles. Innocent victims of the terrorist campaign, and it was horrendous. And I know that some of you and your families have been impacted by that terrorist campaign. And we pray for you. And our hearts go out to each one affected. But during the past two and a half years, Brandon Lewis, and let me, let me add Boris Johnson fully behind him, have terrorized children in the womb and murdered three and a half thousand in our province. Rogue doctors and nurses involved in the murder of the unborn. But God stepped in on Thursday and the Secretary of State has resigned. On Thursday morning, I believe it was at 6.47, he tweeted the following words. A decent and responsible government relies on honesty, integrity and mutual respect. It is a matter of profound personal regret that I must leave government as I no longer believe those values are being upheld. Well, if ever the pot was calling the kettle black, there was it. There it was. What a hypocrite. To talk about honesty and integrity and mutual respect, something that he has trampled over the last two plus years. What a hypocrite. Well, the Bible says the hypocrite's hope shall perish. And the Lord has dealt with Brandon Lewis. What's the upshot of it all? Here it is. Wait for it. Abortion services are in disarray. Hallelujah. Abortion services are in disarray in our little country. This 
decision that this 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 event this tumultuous political event during the past week is as significant as what happened in America on the 24th of June when Roe versus Wade was overturned I want to tell you folks this morning God has answered prayer in an incredible way You remember back to March 2021? Do you remember we had a week of prayer here in the church against the abortion regulations? Do you remember that? I want to thank those of you who gathered. Were you there to pray for the unborn? If you were, the Lord has answered your prayer. Oh, it's a year and a half later. But he still answered. And many other congregations and believers... Across the land have been praying against the tyrants at Westminster and praying against the awful, horrendous Northern Ireland regulations 2019 to give them their proper title. Prayer has gone up. And the God who brought deliverance during the glorious revelation, the glorious revolution, 1688. 1690, we remember it this incoming week. The same God who delivered us back then from King James, who, by the way, in case you didn't know, King James refused to have a Bible at his coronation. So people say, oh, you know, this week, the 12th, 13th, Mickey Mouse, not important. Actually, it is. The one that William triumphed over despised the Bible. The same God that delivered us all those years ago is the same God who has delivered us in our little province this past week. We want to give him the glory today and say, as the, with the hymn writer, to God be the glory. We want to offer up our hallelujahs today. We want to raise our Ebenezer and say, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. At the end of the service, we'll sing that great hymn, O God, our help in ages past. But he's not just our help in ages past, but he's still our help today. The little unborn in the womb, if they could sing and join in the great hymn of Isaac Watts, they would sing with all their hearts about the God who has helped. Ebenezer. That's what it literally means. The Lord, my helper. The psalmist said in Psalm 118, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Psalm 126, the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Don't we sometimes sing the hymn, There's a friend for little children. Well, it's true. There is a friend for little children, unborn children. And he has answered prayer this past week in our nation. Is he your friend, by the way? He's my friend. I've never had a better friend 
He's not a fair weather friend. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And when you mess up, he's there beside you to lift you up and to dust you down and to encourage you. He'll not find fault, even though we have many faults. But he's the friend that loveth at all times. What a friend he is. He's Uh, This past week has proved that he is a friend to little children. Well, if there was a title for today's message, it would be this. The last laugh. Just three words. The last laugh. You see, our text today in Psalm 2 and verse 4 speaks about the Lord laughing. Psalm 2 and 4. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Oh, uh, Brandon Lewis laughed. He thought he would have the last laugh when it came to abortion in Northern Ireland. But he didn't have the last laugh because the Lord Jesus Christ, who sits in the heavens, risen from the dead, our ascended Redeemer, he will have the last laugh. He always does. But before we come to our text, I want to speak to you for a moment about the psalm as a whole, this great psalm, the second psalm. Just in case you thought this was a psalm from the dusty Old Testament scriptures, it's not, because whenever you come into the New Testament and you read Acts chapter 4, you find the early believers in the early church, they quote from Psalm 2. You can read it when you go home, Acts chapter 4 Verse 23 and the verses that follow, they refer to Psalm number 2. So it's a Christian psalm, we could say. If you turn to to Acts 13, you'll find that again there's a reference to the second psalm. Paul the Apostle refers to Psalm 2. So it applies not just to the Old Testament saints, but to the New Testament saints, to the church age, which, by the way, we are still in. We are still in the day of grace. And if you're not saved, you ought to be down on your knees thanking the Lord that that's the case. And the next thing you need to do is you need to cry out to him, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and he will save you because The Lord Jesus is mighty to save. I just was thinking this morning in the peace and quiet of a Sunday morning. And mind you, (coughs) Sunday mornings aren't always uh, peaceful and quiet, but this morning was. And when you get peace and quiet, you you grasp and grab the opportunity just to find a quiet corner to read the word of God or to pray gather your thoughts. But I just thought about that hymn this morning. Oh, now I see the cleansing wave, the fountain deep and wide. Jesus, my Lord, mighty to save, points to his wounded side. Psalm 2 was quoted by one of our Protestant forefathers, His name was John Lambert. John Lambert. Lambert. He was a friend of William Tyndale. 
He stood before Henry VIII on one occasion and he quoted a verse from Psalm 2 to the king. It was verse 10. Be wise now therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. But sadly, Henry VIII disregarded the warning of the preacher, the warning of God's servant. And John Lambert was imprisoned and then taken to Smithfield in London. And in the year, the year 1538, he was burned at the stake. His dying words amid the flames were these. None but Christ... None but Christ. Are we thankful for the freedoms we have today? I speak to myself as much as to any of you. I wonder if John Lambert was here today, if we could bring him back from heaven, bring him down from heaven. Wonder what he would think of the state of the church in the West today. To think that a man like that and hundreds of other Protestant forefathers gave their lives that we might enjoy the freedoms that we have today. Dare we glibly throw them away? But the, there was the great Protestant martyr John Lambert. Quoting from Psalm 2 before Henry VIII. And then he was called to to sacrifice his life. He paid the great price and made the ultimate sacrifice. That we might have freedom of religion today. On Tuesday of course there will be emphasis and rightly so on civil and religious liberty. But sadly it's something that we take for granted far, far too often. You know what happens when we take liberty for granted? Lord takes it away. He removes it. You only appreciate the water when when the well runs dry. Oh, I know that you good folk do appreciate your liberties and your freedoms. But it's sad to see so many in our world today who fail to do so. Let me finish off today by coming to our text, the fourth verse of Psalm 2. Let me repeat it again. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Who's the he? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God the Son, and there's references to the Son there in in Psalm 2. Look at, uh, if you look there at verse 5, I beg your pardon, verse 7. Verse 7, thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee. And then if you move down to verse 12, kiss the Son. Kiss the Son. Do you know he kissed you at Calvary? When he died for you and me. He kissed a guilty world in love and mercy and grace. Isn't that what the hymn writer says? 
kiss the guilty world in love. Now we have the opportunity to kiss him in return spiritually. To come to him and say, Lord Jesus, I love thee because thou hast first loved me. Lord, take my life. Didn't we hear that a few weeks ago in the evening? Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Mind you, when you, when you hand your life over to the Lord and you consecrate it to him, be prepared to make enemies. Oh, the enemies will be lining up. But as long as Christ is your friend, what does it matter? Wasn't it Churchill, of course, who said, Oh, you've enemies? Well, that means you've stood up for something in your life. So take it as a badge of honor, a positive thing. No one had more enemies than Christ. He was hated with a vengeance. And didn't he say, if they hate me, they will hate you. He that sitteth. You see, the Lord Jesus is sitting today in heaven. He's not walking around his throne room, biting his nails. Nervous, full of anxiety. Oh dear, look what Boris Johnson has done. Oh dear, look what Brandon Lewis has done. Oh dear, look what Joe Biden has done. He's sitting. He doesn't even think they deserve that he should get off his throne to deal with them. Because he doesn't need to get off his throne. He can just deal with them sipping on his throne. They're just like putty in his hand. Our great heavenly king. And then came to June the 24th. And the great king who sits in the heavens. He said enough's enough. Supreme Court 6-3 victory for the unborn. And then on Thursday morning. You know, it wasn't Brandon Lewis who decided that he was going to resign. It was the Lord decided. He that sitteth. He's on his throne today. The Lord Jesus Christ has not abdicated his throne. Never let the devil tell you that that has happened. He, has, he hasn't abdicated his throne and he will never abdicate his throne. And then it says that, that he laughs. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. You know, the psalmist on, on a number of occasions talks about the Lord laughing. If you go, if you have your Bible there, if you turn to chapter 37, the great 37th psalm. A psalm that we should take comfort in in these, these evil, wicked days. Psalm 37. And if you go down to verse 13, the Lord shall laugh at him, for he saith that his day is coming. The 24th of June, the Lord was laughing in heaven at those who, who were pushing in the Supreme Court to keep Roe versus Wade. 
And this past week, the Lord has had a good laugh at the tyrants at Westminster, or as I prefer to call it, Westminster. For that's what it is. It's nothing but a swamp. And, um, you know, some people talk about, oh, well, maybe we'll get a good prime minister the next one. Did you see the list that, that, that have put themselves forward for it? If you want to find out a wee bit more about them, come tonight. My, how we need to pray in these days that God would raise up men and women to positions of power. Men and women who fear him. Not, not men and women who look nice. Oh, he looks like a nice man. Oh, she, she seems a friendly sort of a, a woman. Looks can be, appearances can be deceiving. We need to pray that God will continue to work and give us a prime minister like the prime minister I'm going to talk to you tonight about. Psalm 59 and 8. We're nearly through. Psalm 59 and verse 8. But thou, O Lord, shalt laugh at them. Another reference to the Lord laughing. We could read to you today Proverbs 1.26. Not take the time to turn to it. Where it says, the Lord himself says, I will laugh at your calamity. I will laugh at your calamity. The Lord is sitting in the heavens laughing at all the evildoers upon planet earth. All his enemies down here. And as we get closer and nearer to his return, the the, the number of enemies, the, the number of his enemies will increase. More and more will turn against Christ as it comes closer and nearer to his second coming. But he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Let me say today that the Lord laughs at a man called George Soros. You ever heard of him? He he spends his millions, perhaps even billions, promoting abortion throughout the world. The Lord laughs at Soros. Mentioned a man called Klaus Schwab, the chairman of the World Economic Forum, who's promoting the Great Reset today, wants to take cash away, wants to introduce digital currencies. And, the, uh, of course, the ultimate goal of it all is that the elites will decide what you buy and if you buy. They decide what you purchase and if you can purchase. And in order to meet their approval, you will have to sign up to a list of beliefs. And lo and behold, if you do not meet their uh, requirements, then they will limit or take away your ability to purchase the the basic necessities of life. Oh, you say that's science fiction? I'm afraid not. But don't worry, because the Lord is in heaven laughing at men like Swab 
And then there's Bill Gates. You remember I told you about Bill Gates, the man who wants to spray chemicals into the atmosphere to block out the light of the sun. I mean, what kind of a deranged maniac would want to do that? But that's what he has said that he wants to do. See, he thinks he's the saviour. He wants to save the planet. Oh, by the way, he was in London this past week. Oh, that's, is that just a coincidence that Boris Johnson resigns? And at the very same time, Mr. Gates is in London. I'll just leave that with you. Well, hallelujah, thank God, Christ will have the last laugh over all his enemies. I think we should bow in prayer just at the end of our service to give thanks for what has happened this past week and even over in America. Let's just take a moment to pray. Father, we come at the end of the service and we Thank you, Lord, for how you have stepped in. Thank you for divine intervention in recent times. Thank you for what you have brought about in America. Praise you, Lord, for this glorious victory. This is your doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Lord, it's, it's all, it almost seems too good to be true, but we praise you that it is true. And then we thank you for what happened this past week in our own nation. Thank you, Lord, for how you have put the plans of evil men into disarray. Thank you, Lord, that you've answered the prayers of your people here and in other places. Lord, we, we give you the glory today. We ascribe greatness to your name today, and we say with the hymn writer, how great thou art. Lord, may we continue to give thee the glory throughout this day, even tonight as we return to your house. Lord, help us to magnify your name and to exalt it together, we pray. Lord, we take a moment to pray for our own little land again. We know, Lord, that even though these abortion regulations have been thrown into disarray, we know that our land badly needs revival and a move of God. And that's what we pray for today. Lord, let us see souls turning in repentance to thee and putting their faith in Jesus Christ. And we say with the hymn writer, Lord, while for all mankind we pray of every clime and coast, O oh, hear us for our native land, the land we love the most. Hear our prayer, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Number 70, the hymn that we mentioned already, written by the father of English hymns, Isaac Watts, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Perhaps we could move to the fifth verse, just have the last two verses, fifth and sixth verses, please. Of number seventy. Verse five, standing to sing. <laughs> 